The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, number 158 for June 30th, 2008. And welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Cab. I'm Dave Hamilton. That's John Braun. Hi, John. How are you? Fantastic. Lantastic. Remember that? No. Oh, good. Thank goodness, because that was a horrible thing to have to deal with networking stuff. Anyway, uh, we've got uh, we've got all kinds of stuff to talk about. We've got we're trying to pack in everything that we've got here because uh, I'm going to be on vacation next week and we're not going to be able to squeeze a show in the latency. Uh, from the satellite connection on the lake, which some of you may remember me talking about last year, uh, is about, a, I don't know, a thousand milliseconds, almost a second. So uh, so we have uh, some follow ups from last week, some new stuff. And John, you went to a uh, to a show this week. Is that right? Uh, a thing. Yeah. A so thing. I, I went to <laughs> and they have a couple of these every year in. The city or New York City. Okay. If you don't know what. Well, no, I've, I've, I found that's a relative term depending on where you are. It is. Anyways. <clears throat> so the one show, Digital Experience, is put on by Pepcom, and it's just a little press gathering, um, which is very convenient. You know, hopped on the train, went in, um, uh, actually walked to the, the event. Um, but it, it's not Mac specific, but it, it's a good uh, survey of the digital space here. And there, there were a lot of companies there. And there, there were... Um, Four things I'm going to mention that, that, that just caught my eye. Okay. So go over those real quick. And uh, we, we may talk about some others in the future. I'm still going through the press kit and the, the bag of goodies and all that stuff there. Um, they actually had a, a jungle theme. So they had uh, some, you know, wild animals, all sorts of monkeys all over the place, which who doesn't love monkeys? And, Everybody loves monkey. Haven't you always wanted a monkey? Drink. Yeah, and I actually got some. Uh, so, so I went with one of my Hawaiian shirts, and then I got some necklaces and, and stuff like that. So I, I fit right in. Anyway, Wow, so they so, actually, wait a minute, hang on. For any of you that have seen John at Macworld Expo, you know that he uh, often likes to wear, I'm not going to say always, but often likes to wear Hawaiian shirts. So you're telling me that they actually built a trade show with you in mind. <laughs> you know, I think they did. <laughs> All right. So what'd you find? What'd you see? Okay, so one, um, and you may remember these folks, iFi. They won a um, TMO Editor's Choice Award this uh, yes, earlier this year. Yes, they have a very year. slick little uh, Wi-Fi, you know, uh, Wi-Fi. Uh, it makes your digital camera a Wi-Fi device, and you can upload wirelessly, which is pretty darn cool. Yep. So you don't need a camera. You just need this little card. Well, uh, I'm glad to say that they are not, you know, just sitting around doing nothing. They released, <laughs> and, and actually I think they announced it, you know, several weeks ago, but uh, they were showing it here, and it's called iFi Explore. So it's uh, it uh, costs a little more than the, the it's one twenty nine retail. Okay. So a little more than the base device, but the one thing it does so it does a number of things, but the coolest thing is it does what's known as geotagging. And from what they told me, it's very similar to the Wi Fi method that I think the iPhone used to use, which is right. basically if you're near a Wi Fi station and it's registered with the service, I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but but there's a database out there that that knows about a lot of Wi Fi access points. So. Being able to geotag because the the piece of software and I think we at, they actually got an award uh, also is um, Memory Miner if you remember this it was a piece of software that let you arrange your pictures but one thing you could arrange by was the location right and of course having a card that can location stamp if you will or geocode or geotag I guess is the the term that's just so darn cool so that really caught my eye and I was very excited they also have a couple of other products that they're uh, rolling out so they're they're growing the uh, the product line I think it's great interesting. Um, Kodak had, um, so, so multi-touch and touchscreens really seem to be taking off. So Kodak showed both some cameras that have touchscreen. And one of the demos I was given, it was very compelling. And that, you know, the way to review your photos on your camera, use your fingers to swipe back and forth. It was just very, very cool. And hopefully they avoided any patent issues with <laughs> Apple. Um, and also digital picture frames are now starting to go where they have a touchscreen of some sort on the front. Uh, Kodak and others were showing that. Um, another thing, th this uh, uh, new bunch here, it's a uh, Viewzi, V-I-E-W-Z-I, and it's a different way of searching the web. I'd say it's graphical. Just give it a shot. You may like it. You may not. Um, give me an example. Um, what? Uh, how, how does it work? Um, I mean, you type in a term, and it'll show you different views, almost like they're plugins. So there may be a picture view specific to pictures. 
Um, so it's just in, in a lot more rich and interactive than like Google, for example, where you see it, but it's an HTML page. So I'm sure they're using Flash and a, a number of other technologies. Um, Interesting. But they showed me another where, you know, it, it, it you know, show you a collection of books that match the title and maybe through, uh, you know, Amazon, you can purchase the book. So, um, uh, all I'll say just because, uh, you know, the, the brief demo I was given, it, it seemed pretty neat. Um, you know, it's a, it's a very visually rich, uh, search engine. Um, so, and then, huh. um, sorry, I'm, I'm trying uh, to use it here while you're talking and I'm, I'm, okay. I'm. Uh, it, it's strange. It keeps coming up with the weather, no matter what I type in now. Okay. But oh, it's because I, I need to start a new search. Okay. Oh, I see. You've got shopping view and video view and site view and photo view. I think there was a book view. So it looks like I have some sort of plugin architecture that okay. makes what you see married to the type of media or topic or whatever. So got it. See what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to describe. Yeah, you're but, right. But it just so, caught my eye. Yeah. So you've got this kind of scrolling view. Of, of different ways of searching for that information, similar to how Google has, you can search just the web or in general, or pictures or video or news or deals. It, you know, Google has that. This, this is kind of that concept taken to the next level, I, I would say. And that, but you know, it's much simpler. Just get down in front of your computer and try it. Fusey, V-I-E-W-Z-I. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then, um, and then our pals at Tivo, our pals at Tivo were there. Um, okay. Always good to see them. They were showing their latest products. And uh, I guess the, the thing that they're, I don't think it's a secret. Otherwise we wouldn't. Well, we, we can tell just you, but don't tell anybody else. But I guess they're going to be uh, rolling out Disney movies um, shortly. Oh. Or I guess through the TiVo device, you can buy Disney movies, skipping uh, those other people. Who are, Bypassing sure Amazon? going to offer it through if it's directly with Disney or through someone like Amazon. Oh. I'm thinking it may be a Disney deal. Did, did they say anything? My, my loan complaint with the Amazon downloads, well, not my loan, but my main is that it's uh, standard deaf video and stereo sound. Did they say anything about the Disney movies? Are they going to just be that or no? no. Not that I heard. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll write them though, because um, yeah. yeah. And then they're, um, so that was it. Um, very quickly, digital experience. That's uh, one thing new, another new thing. Yeah, we may just blow past this, but uh, Office and Mac OS X both had updates come out recently. Yeah, the Mac OS X update came out. I noticed it when I sat down to do the podcast tonight. I was not at my desk this afternoon, but it uh, seems like there's a couple of interesting things, uh, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll maybe we'll wait till the next show and, and talk about any issues that people are having. Uh, if yeah, and fact. if your system's still working, then we'd love to hear from you. And if that's right, <laughs> bunch of iCal if your system's fixes. not working. I don't know how you get in touch with us. So <laughs> they can call us, and this is a great opportunity to tell them just how to do that. So uh, we have a phone number. It's two zero six 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 Geek, and that is John four three three five. That's right. Um, and you can email to feedback at macgeekgab dot com. Uh, you can Skype to macgeekgab. You can follow me on Twitter, though I don't plan to be using Twitter much on vacation, but that's just twitter.com slash Dave Hamilton, right? I think. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. That's, that's how you find us, folks. Do you need more? Is there, are there more ways that they need to find us, John? No. Okay, good. Uh, so last week we were talking about replacements for the eyesight and very interestingly, uh, the next morning, Logitech announced their uh, this webcam that they've that they've come out with that does exactly what the uh, what the listener was looking for. It it totally replaces the eyesight. It's a USB camera, but it's kind of sort of HD. It's it's I think what sixteen hundred by by seven twenty. So uh, sixteen by twelve. Sixteen by twelve. So it'd be twelve hundred by seven twenty. I think is is what the resolution is. Is that is that right? Yeah, uh, I, I got the page up here. Okay. So it, uh, okay. But um, oh, and it's a big boy. It's got a uh, for for people to get into this sort of thing, which I've kind of been doing as of late. It has a Carl Zeiss lens. Yep. Which apparently is a big deal in the lens yep. world. Better Sorry. The- Nine sixty by seven twenty is the uh, the resolution. It'll do thirty frames a second, and it's got its own microphone built in. They say it works out of the box with iChat. iChat iChat. That's that's iChat and Skype for those of you uh, that like things to be expanded and not condensed. Okay, and, it, and actually, yeah, I'm sorry, uh, I, I didn't look closely on the web page. There's a little asterisk next to the claim of 16 by 12. Hmm. A lot of people do this; they extrapolate out from 
That's right. Of course they do. The resolution of the... Uh, That's four CCD. by three to you and me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks like a pretty, pretty uh, slick camera. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, pretty much a perfect replacement for the eyesight. And why do we need to replace the eyesight? Well, uh, <laughs> Dave wrote in and indicated... Actually, more than Dave. There were a couple... Uh, Saeed wrote in as well. I think there were a couple of others. Uh, the eyesight apparently contains some environmentally hazardous materials, so it became illegal to sell it in Europe, and they simply stopped selling it everywhere. And we found an article about this. Uh, John, I don't remember. Did the article say what it was in the eyesight? Was it just lead or uh, or something oh, like man. that? Oh, man. Oh, it's just a whole bunch of good stuff here. So this is just, you know, if, if you're into chemistry, this is cool. So um, <laughs> Ross is restriction of use of certain hazardous substances and electrical, blah, blah, blah. Um, but anyways, it, it, uh, so it doesn't, it, it limits the amounts of lead, which is nasty cadmium, which is nasty mercury, but then also hexavalent chromium polybrominated biphenyl and polybrominated diphenyl ether flame retardants. Glad I took chemistry. I think I got that right. So anyways, do you, do you um, feel better it, after it, saying that? <laughs> <laughs> so basically it's a, it's a, yeah, I guess. And it's an effort. I mean, you found an article, Dave, where I guess a lot of companies, uh, including my day job, we've had to spend a lot of money because I guess it's easy to, you know, some lead and stuff like that is, uh, you know, something that you can use, but, uh, once you toss it in a landfill, it's uh, bad news. So bad news. That's right. So if you have an eyesight, keep it forever. Don't ever throw it away. What, what would be the appropriate way to dispose of something like that? Do you, do you have any idea, John? Uh, it, it depends on the city that you're in or like it, actually the town that I'm in, for example, they just have a general computer electronics uh, pile. If it's something small, you just drop, but you put in a special bin and then allegedly it goes to a place where they strip it and they pull out the metals and, you know, that just get goes rid of things in it. They just bury that under the rest of the trash in the landfill. So nobody no, finds it. Is no, that right? Of course not. Okay, good. Let's hope yeah, not. so they have a uh, you know a pile of you know especially you know tubes. I still have one that I'm going to bring someday that died on me. But uh, yeah, especially you know CRTs and stuff. Yep, nasty, nasty. Stuff. Our our so, town uh, actually has a uh, a place where you can bring things like if you have old like big batteries like like batteries from the little uh, UPSs that you have to power your computer when the power's out. Uh, those are not supposed to just be thrown away, and you can bring those to the town. So I wonder if I could bring yeah. bring them. So for um, for all the tree huggers out there, actually, and I know Apple has an environmental uh, section of their site. I do believe uh, I don't. Do they still do this? I think they do. If you buy a new machine, they will. I think for free reprocess your old machine. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Yep. Yep. Mm. Our Just first. Oh, go ahead. Are we done? Okay. Our first sponsor for the show is Yazsoft with Speed Download Five. The idea behind Speed Download is it's a browser plugin that works with, I believe, Safari, Firefox, and perhaps others, uh, allowing for turbocharged downloads and auto-resuming downloads. So if you start a big thing downloading and then you have to stop, if, as long as the server supports it, uh, Speed Download will pull it down. It's also got a built-in FTP client. And it's got encrypted file sharing. So if I wanted to send a file to John, John could fire up speed download, let me navigate through, find what I want in, in the places that he allows me to look, of course. And then we can send it to one another over the Internet, encrypted, good to go. It's got full iDisk integration, meaning you can copy stuff to and from your iDisk and download things, uh, no problem. It's got a great little progress bar that shows all sorts of information. You can reveal in the finder, you can resume, uh, you can customize the background, and you've got a bandwidth throttle in it, too. So if you've got a big, long download or upload, uh, you can throttle the bandwidth back so it's not using the full capabilities of your connection and giving you room to, uh, to do other things without totally soaking your, uh, your bandwidth. It's 25 bucks, and of course, a demo is available at uh, Yazsoft. That's Y-A-Z-S-O-F-T dot com. And with that, we move on to Dusty, and I hope we can help him. Hey, John, Dave, you guys rock. I've been listening to you since, like, maybe episode 30. This is Dusty from PA. I got a desperate problem. I have a 20-inch iMac G5, a 2.1 gigahertz power PC chip with the built-in eyesight. I have, currently have 2.5 gigs of RAM in it, and it's running Tiger. But the 512-megabyte onboard logic board RAM... The RAM that's actually soldered to the logic board is bad. Um, I confirmed this with some hardware tests from the startup disk, and I also had an Apple Genius confirm this. 
They're telling me it's $900 to replace the logic board that I can't just replace that RAM. What I want to know is, is if anybody knows if you can unsolder that RAM and just use the, the extra two gig bay that's available and will the, will the, will the computer boot up then and I can load in Tiger again because I've wiped the hard drive. Um, or, you know, am I out of luck and have to buy a new, uh, logic board? Can't wait to hear the answer. Um, I won't even leave my name and email address cause you'll just cut me off. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Uh, this is an interesting one, John. You want to, uh, you want to start here? Poor Dusty. Poor, poor Dusty. So I would say, yeah, he he was thinking he's out of luck and I'll I'll talk a little bit in general about how, you know, motherboards and stuff are architected, which, uh, you know, there's so many of them. So I, you know, couldn't get the tech manual. That would be the first thing I try to do, but you know, Apple tends to not like those floating around out there. So, um, whether there is a, a magic jumper, um, I mean, you're it, trying to desolder the RAM is adventurous. Um, I doubt it would work because, well, it depends on how they deal with memory. And there's usually a chip somewhere um, that handles interacting with memory, either on board or, or in the, uh, you know, in the, in the memory expansion slots. It may be smart enough to say, oh, look, the RAM on the motherboard is gone. Let me go to the slot. But, you know, just desoldering a surface mount chip is not a something to be taken lightly that's, that's not a that's trivial some, task no. that's rough work i mean i've i've done some basic soldering i i've worked with some techs that have the, i mean you can get the right tools that that will desolder a chip and lift it off properly but you're you know that gets dangerous and then the damage may not necessarily be the memory i mean it could be things down the line but the so the test is identifying something that is preventing it from seeing memory whether it's the memory itself or something else it could be anywhere. It could be a cracked, you know, trace on the, so the, even if you, you, you pull the RAM out of there now, um, you and I have both seen Dave, that there are a number of places and maybe you want to pick it up here, but there are a number of places where you can either get the parts or they can, you know, give it a shot, uh, that, that aren't Apple. Yeah. So, and I've worked with a couple of these. The one that I work with most frequently is tech restore at TechRestore.com. Um, they really are, one of the uh, and to me, the premiere, but but there, there are others. Mac Rescue is one um, kind of the places that you go when you don't have Apple Care and you need something like this. They 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 have ways of getting this stuff a little bit cheaper or at least ways of selling it a little bit cheaper. Getting a new motherboard uh, is not cheap for anyone, but uh, but that that might be one place to check. The other thing to jump back to the geeky conversation is. And I don't know the answer here, but like you said, you know, maybe there's some jumper on the motherboard that could be snipped that says ignore the RAM here. If that's there, that's that's beautiful. My guess is it's probably not, but it's certainly worth investigating. Uh, I know in the old days, that's kind of, you know, a jumper, something that you could cut that would just bypass it forever. Otherwise, buy a new motherboard. uh, And these places are the places I go to. So. Yeah, I found one of a couple of more things. So um, I think it's Shreve Systems. Oh, yeah. S-H-R-E-V-E. Yep. And they've been around for years and they they tend to specialize in, um, you know, older Mac hardware. They they, I I don't think they sell components. But for example, I just popped on the site real quick and they have 17 inch G5 iMacs for about 600 bucks. So you can get a whole new machine of the same class for six hundred dollars. Well, I think his had a larger screen, but uh, but check these guys out. And then, of course, Apple always has their, uh, you know, it's uh, specials usually on the bottom of the Apple Store page. Of, yep. uh, you know, the uh, refurbished and all that. And you may get a deal. So I'd say you, you probably want to, you know, I don't know. I'd, I'd throw in the towel and get another machine. If, if 900 bucks is the price, I know that for I think it's 950, you can replace that with a 20 inch uh, Intel iMac. And obviously there's there's plenty of benefits to uh, to doing that, including getting effectively a brand new machine the reverb yeah, funny how that dollar yeah. figure is so close to that of a new machine that's something mm. yeah interesting <laughs> uh all right we moving on to uh another problem with another imac hey john and dave love the show thanks for all your great mac advice i've got a problem i'm trying to scavenge some data off of a drive from a 17 inch imac that stopped booting recently i just get the flashing question mark folder I know that this means that the boot drive cannot be found or the system files uh, cannot be found to boot the system. After running numerous tests with Disk Warrior, Tech Tool Pro, and the failed attempt at using Apple's own disk utility from the OS X installed DVD, 
I know that among other things, there is severe directory damage and all tries at correcting the damage or extracting data, primarily the irreplaceable family photos from the drive have failed. Of course, there is no backup and so I'm in a bit of a rut. Are you have any other ideas of software or tactics that I can try to salvage the data? I can rip out the drive and run it as an external disk on another Windows, Mac, or Linux machine if necessary. Any ideas would be greatly appreciated. Thanks a lot. Love the show. Bye-bye. Ooh. Oh, I hate when that happens. Not know? good. <laughs> um, a couple of tools I could suggest here would be... Um, well, we, we uh, actually uh, pretty timely here. Um, Drive Genius 2 and Data Rescue 2 just came out with some nice. Uh, and I think I'd focus on Data Rescue 2 in this case. Yep. I think it's a, it's pretty good at poking around on a drive and kind of making sense out of stuff that otherwise would not make sense. And, and I believe they, they still have a mode where it kind of you know, gives you a heads up saying, OK, well, this is what I think I can do. So um, yep. I think if you get the demo. So um, that would be the, the first thing um, I would try on the on the software side. De definitely. I, I would, I would data rescue two is the first thing I wrote down when I heard this um, pilot Pete points out that on the windows side is an, a utility called SpinWrite, which does work with Mac drives. I think it's about 90 bucks and it will, I, I've, I've known other people that have used this utility. It pulls just about anything off of any drive. It's really, really, really uh, low level. It's called G, it, it's at grc.com and it's called SpinWrite. Again, it only runs on a Windows machine. Uh, I, I've heard rumors of a Mac version in development. Uh, I honestly don't know how it compares to Data Rescue 2 because I've never done a side-by-side -side on them. So I'd, I'd certainly try Data Rescue 2 because that's on a Mac. But if you need it and uh, and you want to try the software route, then then that's it. Otherwise, there's the ship it the off. The big guns. The big guns. For big money, you can almost certainly get your data back. Um places like drive savers and total recall you're, you're looking at certainly more than $500 and many times well into the thousands uh, to have data recovered off a drive, but they're, they're about 99.9% uh, successful. So yeah, depends I think on they, how um, because I've, I've, I've uh, steered some colleagues to them and I think they, they, you know, they charge based on the capacity of the drive, which I guess, you know, is real is proportional to their effort. Right. Um, I think they'll even try floppies. Uh, I had someone try that once. So, um, yeah, but Hey, if, if you need it, <laughs> if you need it, Oh, thank goodness for time machine and time capsule. And yeah, I, I mean, I, and I certainly don't want to, uh, you know, say I told you so or anything like that, but, but this is certainly not. yet another example of why backing up is so, so important. It's so cheap. To buy, I mean, think about this, right? For a couple hundred bucks, you can buy a drive that would hold many iterations of your family's photos. And, uh, and, and especially with Time Machine with Leopard, you don't have to think about it. And, you know, John and I don't just wave Apple's flag for no good reason, but, uh, but this is a fantastic reason to wave Apple's flag. Uh, so really, somebody's really flag before disaster strikes. Yeah, somebody's flag. Because it will strike. It's not if, it's when. That's right. How gloomy. Okay, let's. <laughs> All right, let's talk about something geeky. Hey, John, Dave. It is William from South Africa again. Got a quick question for you. I've got a uh, Western Digital, um, uh, my book, my studio um, hard drive, external storage device. Now, the device itself has got three ports on. It's got eSATA, or eSATA as you call it. It's got FireWire 800, FireWire 400, and USB. Out of those ports, I assume the eSATA would be the quickest. However, here's a question for you, and this is where my problem comes in. I've got a MacBook Pro um, 2.16, um, which has got fully loaded with 4 gigs of RAM, etc. When I run USB, or whether I run four, FireWire 400, or whether I run FireWire 800, I see no speed improvement on any of those ports, and yet FireWire 800 is supposed to be the fastest of the lot because the MacBook Pro, as you know, doesn't support eSATA. So my question to you is, which of those should be the fastest? I assume it's FireWire 800, and if it's the same speed as all the other input devices on my, on my MacBook Pro, is there any way of speeding it up? Could there be anything that could be slowing it down? Um, that's my question. My email address... Okay. Uh, all right. 
So there's there's a couple of things to talk about here, John. But the obvious thing, or at least the thing that jumps out to me, is yes, the buses all go different speeds, and and there are certain buses that go faster than others. But we need to look for the weakest link in the chain. And my guess is that the drive that's inside the enclosure is slower than the slowest interface available on that particular enclosure. And so you just, no matter how fast the bus is, the drive simply it isn't going to be made faster simply because it's going through a faster bus. That That's that's one obvious answer here to me mm-hmm. anyway. Does that, that kind of jive? I, with- I concur. I, I was going to say that hit, hit, the drive is a dog. Could be. That, that's the- it's slow. It's it's probably either, um, and you know, drives, you know, start off not as dogs and then they turn into dogs, but <laughs> it may have a small cache. It may have a small, yep. uh, you know, just, uh, so the, the very basic figure is the, the speed at which the data can come off of the drive platter yep. and get to the bus. There's a maximum. And it's probably a good thing that the way things are designed is that that speed is always or always should be less than the speed of the bus because the bus can be doing other things, not just transferring your data. So, you know, the, the, it may be in the tens of megabytes per second that it can transfer data uh-huh. to drive itself, but the bus is much faster, but that's good because it's a, it, the bus should not be saturated with always thrown around drive traffic. You know, it should be faster. So that's a good thing. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, and he proved that, by using different interfaces, the bottleneck, as it were, is the drive itself. So, hey, if you pop another drive in there, it may do better. You That's know, right. Pu- find the model number through a system profiler or something like that. See if there's a bigger one, either with a bigger cache, better RPMs, um, stuff like that. And and I think you will see the uh, the drive transfer speed uh, um, increase. So right. it's, a, it's kind of, you know, it, it's kind of confusing because you you would think the bus speed is is the speed at which things should work all right so that's the and and i i you know i know we agree here that is there's a 95 or perhaps even better percent chance that that's what the problem is however it could be one of two other things that come to mind one is the controller board inside the drive enclosure itself. There could be some bottleneck between the drive and the interface, right? It's possible. Highly unlikely that some company, especially a company like Lassie, I think is that that's who he said this was with the MyBook, highly unlikely that they'd use a bad chipset or a slow chipset to do that. The other is, what about the Mac? Now, in theory, FireWire shouldn't cause any noticeable load on the system, but it depends on what you're doing with the data. If you're Pulling that data in, let's say, and converting, uh, let's say it's an audio stream or a video stream and you're converting it from one format to another. Well, perhaps your Mac is running at full tilt and can't pull the data in any faster. So, you know, that that could be it. I don't know what you're doing with it. Um, Drive Genius Mm. is a fantastic utility to test that with. It's got all sorts of different drive benchmarking. And uh, and and that would be one way to kind of rule out whatever application it is or, or, or what have you. So. Yeah, and, and another thing, or at least I've I've come across this in the camera world, is that I think in general, even if the claim speed is uh, the same, um, FireWire is typically faster with sustained transfers than uh, USB. I have found that the USB tends to tax the computer more. To, to it makes the computer do more work. Yeah, for the um, way I understand it, FireWire is actually built for sustained transfers, whereas USB yeah. is built to do big bursts of data and then stop and then another big burst and then stop. Uh, so overall, FireWire at the same or even slightly slower speed, right? Because FireWire 400, I think, is is faster than USB at, at, at 440 or whatever whatever that were, 480, I guess, is, is what yeah. that works out. So I'm still so. learning you know, about drivers and, and stuff like that. But uh, from a few folks I spoke to, um, asking about that, they said, "Yeah, well, USB they they make you do more work in the computer itself." So makes sense. Yeah. Anyways, our second sponsor for this show is Audible. Uh, if you go to audiblepodcast.com/slash/macgeekcab, not only do you get signed up for a two or can you get signed up for a two week free trial of Audible Listener Gold, but you also get one free book download. Now, Audible lets you download audiobooks that you can play on your computer, on your iPod. Uh, you can burn them to CD. You can pretty much listen to them on in almost any device you can connect to your computer. So 
uh, Audible and your Kindle. Even you can listen to them. Audiblepodcast.com slash Mac Keycab. John, do you, you have a, a book recommendation for us this week? I think. Yep. And this is just a crowd pleaser, I think. Myself. Um, <laughs> I know where it's going. That's why I have to laugh. Uh, uh, the Shining um, by Stephen King. So uh, they have this. It was actually uh, nominated for a 2005 Audie Award uh, for solo narration. But um, some of you may read the book, but you, maybe you want to listen to it. So uh, it says here, published in, in 1977, The Shining quickly became a benchmark in the literary career of Stephen King. This tale of a troubled man hired to care for a remote mountain resort over the winter. His loyal wife and their uniquely gifted son slowly but steadily unfolds as secrets from the Overlook Hotel's past are revealed. You get it. And uh, <laughs> if you've seen the film, you remember the... You know, the the nice scene of uh, here's Johnny. I can say that without having to pay a royalty, right? I'm, if you can't, we, we got to just shut the whole thing down. Yeah, yeah Jack Nicholson did a, a pretty nice job of playing a very, very scary uh, guy. So um, not, not to draw this out too much, but when you were telling me about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I, I thought of another one of my favorite Nicholson movies, which was also a fantastic book. Um but it was a tough book to read. And that was one flew over the cuckoo's nest The the book, the movie was fantastic in its own right, but is completely different from the book. I'm not going to say that it's better or worse. Uh, it's one of those, one of those books that translated to movies and, and did very well. Uh, but the book is written from the point of view of the Indian chief uh, or the Indian named chief. Hmm. Yeah. And it's a very, very strange read. However, the condensed audible book might be the absolute perfect way to, to, to kind of grok that angle of the story without having to read through every word of, of the Indian chief. Not that, not that King Kesey uh, did a bad job, uh, but it, but it is a, a, a read at which one has to work. And uh, I think the audible version of that might be fantastic. So again, audiblepodcast.com slash Mac geek You get the 14 day free trial of audible listener gold, one free download, uh, you do have to provide a credit card to sign up. However, anything you download, uh, if you cancel your membership before the two weeks, you pay nothing and you keep everything and can still play it, can still use it. It's all good. So that's uh, that's Audible Listener Gold. Uh, AudiblePodcast.com slash Matt We're going to get into listener tips. And John, I'm going to I'm going to slip a uh, kind of sort of surprise one in here. Uh. You know how we've been talking about, we've been ranting, you've heard me rant about, how can I find out what Time Machine backed up? Well, Kevin wrote in and pointed us to a post on the Mackinac forums where uh, Charles Soft, or the, the Charles from Charles Soft, posted a link to a utility called, uh, 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 oh, I, can't, I can't find it, it's Time Tracker. And uh, and and we'll post a link to the to time tracker and to the the Mackinac forum post. It's not really officially a a live thing, um, but because he he feels like it needs some more work on the interface. But I used it, and I know John uh, is telling you you're telling me that you tried it and it didn't work. <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm impatient sometimes. I'll try to fire it up. I'll, okay. I'll see what's in front of me, and if if I can't click or do anything that makes anything interesting happen. I'm like, oh, okay, the interface needs work, which it sounds like is what you just said. Right. Yeah. So I did, I tried it. Uh, it was a little weird cause it asked me for the password for my, uh, for my time machine to, to access the drive on my time. Uh, it's on my time capsule, which I, which I gave it. And then it, it took a little while. And then in the interface, I got a list of all of the machines that are backed up to the time capsule. And you could choose a machine, choose a drive, uh, and then you've got a, uh, actually, I guess you choose a machine and then you choose a backup set and it shows you all the backup sets that are out there. So, you know, one per month for the old stuff, one per me week for the medium stuff, one per day, and then one per hour. Right. It was perfect. I clicked on one. It showed me exactly what was being backed up on my, uh, on my machines. The thing that is constantly being backed up are the slices for my iDisc, my local copy of my iDisc. Now, why these are changing constantly when I'm not changing content on my iDisc, that's a whole other story. But at least now I know what Time Machine is backing up. So for me, Time Tracker worked flawlessly. Uh, a little bumpy, but no, uh, no, no actual problems. One thing, though, you need to, once you quit Time Tracker, so I guess maybe here, here is the flaw, right? Uh, 
you need to then go and eject. I had four drives to eject from uh, from my finder because there were four machines uh, that it that, that are being backed up to the time capsule. I had to go eject all those, and then Time Machine worked fine after that. So, Time Tracker answers that. Is it perfect? No. Is it the best thing that's available? <laughs> Without question, no question about it. So, that's a that's my yay. Thank you. Uh, it it brings a week. tear to my eye. Yeah, yeah, it does. Well, just how our listeners just listen. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Charles. <laughs> and give back to the yeah. to everybody else. That that's yeah. awesome. Thank you. Speaking of giving back, last week we we muse about uh, printing out your startup shortcuts so that you could have them available before you knew you that you needed them. Mm. And Gerard wrote in. And pointed us to a site that has a PDF that's perfect. You print out the PDF and fold it up and it creates this little startup shortcut booklet that's totally perfect. So uh, so we'll link to that. It's at creativetext.com, but we'll we'll link to the full URL in, in the in the show notes here. That's that's already in the show notes. I, I pre-populated it so you don't even have to wait till you know the end of the week when John gets them all up. Uh, it's already there. So it should be right here in the AAC. And the AAC, of course is courtesy of Michael Johnston from iPhone Alley, and you still have time. This will be the last Mac Geek Gab podcast before July 11th when the iPhone 3G comes out, and uh, they're running a contest over there. So check it out at iPhoneAlley.com. Thanks, Michael. Nice. Yeah. Time to, to uh, listen to Hank, John? Can I... Talk. Uh, Go. Yeah. I was going to wag my finger at Apple, but... Uh, Go uh, wag. Their they're, they're, they're docs weren't... I'm I'm hoping maybe maybe it was in the latest update today, but um but but we noted that their help uh text isn't always up to date with the OS features. Yeah, so. good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> but but actually, no, I will in their defense and Microsoft as well because I use both both of course. Um, but they do link to uh, the help systems uh, tend to now link to the internet as well to find things, and those tend to be current. So I will unwag my finger. I've seen, I've seen both. You may not find it in the online help uh, or, or the on disk help, but if you're connected to a network connection, then you uh, usually get something. <laughs> I've, had I've a, noticed this. Have you? I've had a really long day and it's been a relatively good day, but it's been really long. And, mm -hmm. and you just, you just gave me the laugh that I needed. <laughs> you said you were going to unwag your finger. <laughs> How do you do that? You'll just have to come over and watch <laughs> or get a webcam. Maybe yeah, well, those, I got uh, one. I got let's fire it up right in Skype right now. We can uh, we can get the webcams going. You can show me uh, how to unwag one's <laughs> finger. This is uh, yeah, this yeah. is quality stuff here, folks. All right, who's next? Uh, okay, it's it's Hank. Hank? Yeah. Hi, John and Dave. This is Hank from Mountain View, California. I'm calling about episode 157 and the emailer who had a uh, dead battery after leaving his MacBook in sleep unplugged for uh, more than a month. I read something online a while back that said that doing that would, in fact, kill your battery so dead that it's not recoverable. Uh, this was particularly unfortunate to me because at the time I read that, I had my MacBook in exactly that state and discovered that, yes, indeed, my battery was dead, would not take a charge no matter what I did. So I went to my local Apple store, made an appointment at the Genius Bar, and the fellow behind the counter determined that, yes, indeed, the battery was dead, uh, filled out a little paperwork, and gave me a brand new one. I hope your emailer has an Apple store nearby and a, uh, a genius behind the desk who is as kind and considerate as mine was. Good luck to him, and good luck to you guys. Uh, batteries, batteries, batteries. You know, we also got an email that said... Uh, and I, this, I believe, came from something somewhere official that Apple had published that said, even if someone has Apple Care, the battery is not covered past the end of the first year, regardless. I am a, a living testament to that being the opposite. Pilot Pete, I think you, you too, right? Yep. yep. Absolutely. Me too. About two months ago. It just wouldn't hold a charge anymore, and there's no you. You qualify for a new battery using the coconut battery. Yep. Utility said no, those numbers don't work. You need a new battery. So it was there the next I, day. Okay, and and so okay. I think the message is. And so John, you you too. Did you say that you 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 are a living testament to to that 
uh, policy. Well, not- I had there was a recall for the PowerBook, true um, G4 batteries as well. But um, but I think a lot of companies want to be careful with any sort of battery issues. Yes. So, yeah. So it as doesn't. Long as you're not a you know jerk. Right. I think. I think. And just they- be civil. They'll. 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 They'll take care of you. The, the geniuses or just Apple in general, I think, does yeah. a, a pretty good job of that. I, I think it is probably true that they have this policy so that they can fall back on it uh, at the, you know, at the two year and 363 day mark. If uh, if somebody's being a jerk and has a battery that's 10 percent off of uh, off of the, you know, you know, the deal so that they're covered. But yeah, I, I certainly it's not the norm. They, they will cover it if it if it falls off, uh, you know, some some benchmark. So, yeah. And as somebody pointed out there, they are, um, you know, we'll dig around a bit, but they every now and then they'll have, you know, return programs for all sorts of components, mostly batteries, but yep. other uh, other sort of things. And um, yeah, no, I think they'll uh, they'll take care of you. Yeah, they have with all of us, right? They have. And and I mean, I certainly didn't play the, you know, do you know who I am card? Because if I did, they'd just hang up. So, yeah, I would. Um, now, should we talk about the, the mic? No. <laughs> Pete's advice is don't take no as a final answer. Escalate it. Be nice, but escalate it up uh, to the, the relative supervisors. If uh, if you feel like, you know, you think that there might be a better resolution. So be nice, yeah. though. Be nice. Now here, here if mom you know, says do no, a, ask dad. If mom says no, ask dad. There you go. Perfect. I'm gonna, a good suggestion. Yes, uh, take multiple multiple stabs at him. You know, one's one's bound to succeed. But um, <laughs> I'm gonna un unwag my finger because um, for battery to or rewag whatever you want. Rewag battery. I mean, a battery. I've seen lots of batteries last. Uh, to me, it's just inconceivable. I just watched the movie. Sorry. But nice. that a battery just because it sits around for a while is all of a sudden no longer viable. So I've used many, we've all used many other devices that have rechargeable batteries. Now I, I, sure. I guess, you know, computer batteries have special requirements as far as the current and the, and the power that they have to provide and stuff like that. But still for a battery, just because you ignore it for a little while, I mean, does it get really depressed and just stop working? I mean, it just, it just doesn't seem right that there may be a way to jumpstart it. And I don't know. I suspect that uh, I don't know if it's the chip in the because all the batteries have some sort of chip reporting what what the battery thinks about the world. Right. And I don't know if it just gets below a certain point where that chip just says, "Okay, you know, I give up. You're 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 almost dead. So I'm going to pretend that you don't exist. I bet that's what it is. Clearly, the cores don't all die 100 percent at that point. Right. So it's got to be that that there's yeah, it's got to be the circuitry on the battery says, uh, yeah, you know what? Call it quits. And and ne'er the two shall meet. So I'm speculating, and I suspect out of all the listeners, somebody knows more than we do about this. And uh, so, no, yes. but I'm th- you know I, I've never seen a battery that I mean, especially if it I mean, unless the battery has been charged and discharged so many times, because we've seen that. If you look in the system profile or other battery utilities, they will now. And actually, I think Apple has brought this information forward. They will tell you the cycles, the the charge and recharge cycles yeah. on the battery. And the health, which is a you know difference between the maximum and the capacity now. So, but I can't imagine unless you get that figure down to nothing that that I could understand. If the battery is almost, you know, dead anyways, then yeah, the chip in the battery says, you know what, you're you're done. But if it's a battery that's fairly new, which it sounds like at least in Robert's case it was, then I can't understand why why it would, you know, bring I, itself all the way to non-existence. I agree. Yeah, that that. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense, but it's good to know at least. At least now we know that that's how they're engineered. So don't let that happen. Right? Can we rewag our fingers now, John? <laughs> Whatever you want. It's okay. It's your finger. <laughs> Anner, Anner, I believe Honor writes in in a recent Mac Geek Cab. Dave was talking about how to find the 10 last change files in a directory via the terminal command ls. There is, in my opinion, a far more powerful way with the command find. You can do things such as, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this out loud, but, but it's already printed in the show notes. So find space tilde space dash newer ct space 
quote, 120 minute ago, quote, space dash print, which prints all the changed files within the last two hours in your home directory. Yeah, it's true, man. The, and thank you for sending this in. The find command rocks. It It's so it's so ridiculously powerful that it scares the life out of me because I'm always afraid I'm <laughs> going to do something wrong with it. <laughs> but but it's true. You can you can find just about anything with it. And I don't I, I don't think it uses FS events to do this. I think it's just doing it the, the, the old Unix way, if you will. Um, so there's probably an even cooler way of doing this by setting uh, FS events to watch a certain group of files and then, you know, just pulling data from them. But but I'm no coder. So, uh, you know, and I don't think there's an Apple scriptable way to talk to FS events. So uh, so there you go. But that's a very cool thing. And if you do a man space find, you can begin to scratch the surface of what find can do. But there's so much more about it, uh, as Honor points out. So thank you. And that, nice. that's that's in the show notes that will be there uh, for eternity or, you know, at least at least until somebody shuts the site down or the drive crashes, you know, <laughs> Pete, Pete, you got you guys are really helping make my day here. Pete, Pete writes, fine space, home space, open quote, the meaning of life, close quote. So. I don't know how fine it was going to deal with that, but it would be very cool if it typed, if it uh, re returned 42. You said it was powerful. I just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> much appreciated. Yes. <laughs> so tips, if you have a tip, especially if you have a tip, maybe an audio tip, if you say what you think about the show, that's, that's almost a guaranteed way to get, Oh, sorry. It's a guaranteed way to get what? Well, to get us to listen to it. And of course, we listen. We try to listen to everything. It, it, the last couple of weeks, you know, my travel schedule always screws me up and, and I'll wind up having trips back to back like, like I am now. You know, I was at WWDC and now um, I've got this vacation coming up, which isn't truly back to back, but there's been enough going on in between that I'm still not caught up with all the audio comments. A lot of you got emails from me uh, last night as I was going through your, your stuff and, uh, I can't promise that that's going to get a whole lot better until perhaps, uh, you know, July 15th ish. But, uh, but we, we do, we do make sure to read and or listen to just about everything that comes through, if not everything that comes through. So, uh, so that's, uh, that, that, that's how we roll. And speaking of rolling, here comes the band. Nice. Yep. So, uh, yeah, on the fourth, so we were, yeah, the fourth is coming up. Of course, you refer to the 4th of July, which for uh, our non-U.S. listeners that don't oh. know is, is Independence Day here in America. And Yeah, we, and we celebrate by blowing things up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're, we're going to be out on the lake, so we get to watch fireworks from the boat. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And if anybody's in Connecticut or nearby and you want to, you know, check out some fireworks by the beach, uh, let me know. There you go. We have a little cookout. Cool. I wish I could come. Now I've seen you're creating a, a Geek Gab event and I can't go. I'd love to. No, go. it's not a geek app event. It's well, just no, if anybody happens not, yeah, to be in Connecticut, you know. Let me know. It's a no. I'm a on a nice, uh, pretty you're, nice location. Yeah, you're uh, real close the to coast. the beach there. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and actually, you can see all the fireworks surrounding, not just uh, here, but uh, but yeah. the other towns uh, on the sound. I guess. Can you see the fireworks right from your deck there? No. Okay. No, if I go into the attic, I tried the, the first year I <laughs> moved into the place. I went into the, uh, but you know, the attic is not really a fun place to hang out. You know, get, the, walking, get the saws all out and carve a hole in the roof there? No. Well, actually, my neighbors did do a little uh, add-on to their place, uh, but they didn't, you know, go higher, just uh, right. wider. Ah, okay. But, um, no, I prefer to walk down, you know, where everybody else is. Got it. Or they have some parks on the way there. Where if, yeah, if you set up some beach chairs or something, you can uh, you can get most of the fireworks. But, but it's cool because once you're on the water, all the other towns that are doing it, um, you can see all of them. So it's, uh, right. it's pretty cool. Cool. Uh, all yep, right. So, of course, the barbecue, you yep. know, got to fire up the Weber, right? Of course. That's right. Absolutely. iPhoneAlley.com. We already talked about it. Uh, you can listen to the iPhone Alley podcast. Of course, that also includes Michael Johnston, the uh, gracious fellow who converts this to AAC for you and for us. Cashfly hosting, of course, provides all the bandwidth for you to download this show at super fast speeds. The podcast marketplace this month includes the A5 and A2 desktop speakers from Audio Engine. BB Edit and Yojimbo from Barebones Software, Page Sender from Smile on My Mac, and I think they might have a special event coming up. Conference Quarter from Ecamm, 
the free book from audiblepodcast.com slash MacGeekGab, and of course, harman-etravel.com for all your travel needs. That's all through the Backbeat Media Podcast Network, of which we're happy to be a member, by the way. And uh, we love the iTunes comments. Thank you for uh, for the anniversary gift of breaking 200. That, uh, that actually meant quite a bit to John and I. So thanks to all of you who participated, and even thanks to those of you who considered participating. That's uh, <laughs> It's the thought that counts, right? That's how we roll here. Mm. You got anything else before we get out of here, John? Well, a little bit, you know, and, and, and it'll lead into our closing remark, of course. But I, I saw a little thing on, uh, I don't know if you watched the uh, Colbert Report. Oh, yeah. But he was talking about, uh, apparently, um, your state seems to allow um, the selling of things that go boom. We allow some fireworks. It's not not like it was when I lived in Texas. But, oh, but there's a, a little nanny state to the uh, south of you that tends to not enjoy that sort of thing. Most of them to the south of us until you get very far south of New Hampshire. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know, is it Massachusetts, I think? So, yeah. uh, no, but they had a <laughs> little uh, little piece there, and apparently, uh, yeah, some people hang out on the border. To right. Look to for the fireworks. evil people coming back with the fireworks from New Hampshire. So I don't see... Why are you guys contributing to this sort of delinquency? I mean, come well, on. It's, see, the thing you have to understand is they sit on the border waiting for the people uh, to buy cheap liquor in New Hampshire and bring it across <sighs> state lines, and then they charge them extra tax, or... Dump it out Good. on the bridge. Or confiscate it. Right. Yeah. They confiscate. Yeah. They, they just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I think we better get out of here before we get in trouble. <laughs> we, we, I don't know. Well, maybe I we're could, past we that may. point. Yeah. Even though I don't want to. Well, I could sync it with the. Yeah, we could babble inherently, but I think we may. Just in fact. Oh. 